Hey, thanks for joining us for part two of my interview with Bob Wheeler, CPA. Let's jump right into the episode. Everybody feels like they're they're on their own, right? right? Like it's hard to be humble when I feel like I'm the only one going through this. Yeah. What do you? What can you say to beginners, either those you know entering the workforce um, or those who are looking to invest? Like the Market Adventures podcast is about investing and trading mm-hmm. in the stock market. What can you say to those people who are just starting out that are super hungry? And let them know kind of this is the way you navigate your emotions as you pursue money so you don't lose yep. track of, of that humility. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a couple things. One, find a, find a financial buddy. Find somebody that you can invest with. Like you can each have your own account, but somebody you can go, oh, my God, did you invest in that? What are you thinking about? This really scares me. Find somebody that you trust that you can actually talk to so that you're not alone. Uh, a lot, so many people think they're alone and together you can explore, you can educate yourself. I think it's definitely important to educate yourself. There are videos out there. If you don't like to read, there's material out there that you can read. There's all kinds of stuff out there. You can talk to a financial advisor. You can ask questions. A lot of that stuff, there are free services that you can use for a resource. Um, the other thing is if you're going to start investing for those out there that are just getting started, know the rules, know some of the basic rules. This last year, I had so many clients didn't know what a wash sale was and they were paying tax on what they thought were going to be losses. And a couple of them were talking $700,000, $800,000 of income they had to pay tax on that they didn't understand the rule. And so know the rules. I had a client who's been investing for years and one day he, he, one tax year, he had this huge capital gain and it was a short-term capital gain and he sold it the day before it would have been a long-term capital gain. And so I said to him, you, you just you just had this like four hundred dollars to $500,000 capital gain that's short-term. It's costing you 35% and it would have been 20% if you'd waited a day. Was there a reason? He goes, oh, I didn't know there was a rule. I said, wait a minute, wow. you're investing millions of dollars and you don't know this is a rule? Wow. And so you got to know the rules. Uh, last year, there was a guy that um, uh, was doing uh, Robin Hood. And apparently there's a little bit of time where it takes to upload the numbers. So it's not always like immediate. So he saw that he had a $700,000 loss and he killed himself. Yeah. He committed suicide, that. right? And the numbers just hadn't recalibrated. And so he took himself out saying, well, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, don't go that extreme. It's not worth jumping out of a window like they did in the market crash. You know, all those things. It's eventually it's fixable, but it's not worth it's not worth dying over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that that goes back to what your whole philosophy is. Right. It's that emotion and not knowing how to navigate it to where you see a huge loss and your emotions because of the lack of control go through the roof or. um you know, not feel, not having the the experience to know like your your uh, wealthy client, because right. even a wealthy client can make the same mistakes as someone who's starting with a hundred dollars, right? And it's yeah. the people not knowing that hey, even the money might be different, but on an emotional level, that you, one person could be much higher than another. And at the end of the day, that money has to respect the emotions because the emotions are human. 
right? right? Money has to respect the human quality, not the other way around. Absolutely. And speaking to that, and I, it was about five or six years ago, there was an Indian guy who was like number 32. I don't have the numbers exactly, but he was like number 32, richest man in the world. And he dropped to like 68. And he killed himself because he was so devastated. And I'm thinking, I'd be happy to be in the top 500. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah like, wow. And it was his emotions had nothing to do with how many millions and millions and millions of dollars he had. It had to do with his self-worth. So do you find yourself having as a um, – do you find yourself having to do a lot of uh, – counseling outside of just the the number crunching do you find yourself yep. having to be a a confidant to these um investors and, and and other people who have uh massive wealth when they don't understand things that you may make more less money than they do but you have right. such a, a deeper grasp on it do you find yourself having those conversations yeah absolutely and that's why i think i have a a nice thriving business is because part of it is people know they can talk to me I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to tell them, oh my God, you're so stupid. Why would you do that? Right? I try to create a very safe environment and say, wow, that must be really rough to be going through this right now. I can't even imagine the fear or the shame. And like, how can we, how can we fix this? Or how can we get, get ourselves back out of the hole? I've had clients um, come to me. I had a client, very successful, and the business took a turn. And so he came to me and he said, I don't know what to do because I can't pay these 25 employees. Um, I'm going to go out of business, but I promised them they wouldn't lose their jobs. And I said, well, here's the thing. If you keep paying them, you're going to go out of business. But what you can do is go back to him and say, look, I made a promise I couldn't keep. I'm going to have to lay everybody off. But as soon as the market turns around, if things turn around, I'll hire you back. And he was like, oh, but I made a promise. So we really had to work through that. Ultimately, he had the conversation, laid everybody off, but like two people. It took about a year. The market turned around. He hired everybody back and then some. And wow. so because he was willing to have that difficult conversation and say, man, I made a promise I couldn't keep, uh, work with me and I'll see what I can do. And, and then he made good on his promise in the long run. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that honesty piece, right? Not Not – I mean, these people who will work for you, and again, if it's a small group like 25, they got to believe in you. You know, yeah. you're, not work, you're not working in a small group like that unless you believe in the company. Yeah. And then they must have for them to say, yeah. okay, we'll be back in a year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so give me, because it, like it seems like you've had a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. um, you've written a book. You've done some counseling. What are some books that you've read? Some, some information that you've gotten from other um, financial experts like yourself or just authors. What are some books that you would recommend? Uh, give me your top three, uh, including you know, The Money Nerve being number one, of course. Okay, Money, yeah. money Nerve number one. Uh, the second book I would read is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Nice. That is an awesome book. And Robert Kiyosagi does a great job of talking about his real dad, who is the poor dad who was educated and did everything by the book. And then his rich dad was his really good friend's father who took him under his wing and did everything not by the book and became incredibly wealthy. And he does a really great job of talking to, about strategies and mindset and all that stuff. Rich dad, poor dad, an incredible book. The other book that I think is a really powerful book 
is the power of focus. Power and of focus. The power of focus. I love to read that book um, and I reread it. It really helps you think about what your priorities are and how you want to show up and what you want to accomplish. And, and it helps you to stay focused because it's so easy to get distracted in this day and age. And so for me, that's a really powerful book I recommend to people. I give it out a lot to people. Um, but The Power of Focus and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And The Money Nerd. I like that. And The Money Nerd. And The Money Nerd. <laughs> the Power of Focus. I've never read that book, but I, I've never even heard of it. But I'm going to add it yeah. to my list. Um, yeah, Jack Canfield. Um, Jack great. Canfield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. Uh, no, that's great. Now, I got one more. I do have one more question because I, I am... This circles back to the original question, this this comedy thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how did you, you said they ended up bringing you on to be the CFO after you had done some shows at the store? Yeah. So, yeah, I was doing comedy because, you know, I wanted to supplement my income. And uh-huh. uh, so I was performing and I was doing shows at the comedy store. Um, I had a show and I was performing at a lot of clubs. And a good friend of mine was talking to the owner of the comedy store, Mitzi Shore, and Mitzi was telling them we're in trouble. We've owed payroll taxes. They owed about a hundred thousand dollars and financially they were doing really badly at that yeah. time. And so she called me up. She's like, you got to help out the store. We're in trouble. And I was like, Oh, I just want to be a comic, but <laughs> don't pretend like you don't know that I, that I know numbers. But you know, the thing for me was all my friends were doing comedy. The comedy store has three showrooms. And I thought, man, if we lose the comedy store, that's three places we don't get to perform. And so it felt important to me that we all had a place to perform. Uh, and it's an iconic club. There's so many famous people, Richard Pryor, um, Roseanne Barr, Whoopi Goldberg, Sandra wow. Bernhardt, Jim Carrey, Jay Leno, like David Letterman. Like there's all these people came out of there. And so I felt an obligation uh, to to help nurture that place that has been the birthplace for so many comics. And you're still involved today? And I'm still involved today. They they can't get rid of me yet, even though I try. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, well, great. This is this is uh, awesome. Bob, do you have – do you have uh, – can you give me – I'm a big quotes guy, uh, uh, admittedly. I'm a big, big quotes guy. Can you give us some kind of a parting quote, something that we should would keep in mind uh, as we move forward? I mean, we're going to go get the Money Nerve book. Because uh, yeah. I think I think you made very clear how important it is as investors, just regular wage earners and parents, uh, how important it is to have a, a grip on our emotional relationship with money. Can you give us something philosophical to walk away with? I would say be conscious and intentional in your spending. I would say be grateful and pay it forward. And pay it forward. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bob. I I appreciate you. We're going to put all of your socials in the show notes, but if you go ahead and shout that out for me. Sure. Absolutely. It's themoneynerve.com. That's not nerd. It's nerve, moneynerve.com. And you can reach me at info at themoneynerve.com. And we love chatting with people and providing resource. All right, Bob, the Bob, the comedian, the CFO, (laughs) uh, the everything, man. I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks so much. It's been fun. That's it for this interview. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving from my family to yours. The stock market is closed tomorrow, so focus on your family. Give them your full attention and love as you celebrate another year. Be well and remember.
As you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure. I'll see you on Friday. Mm-hmm.